Welcome to the A World of Difference podcast. I'm your hostess, Lori Adams-Brown, and you're listening to episode 18. I want to tell you about Anchor because it's what I use to record these podcasts. Why do I use it? Number one, it's free. Number two, it's simple. I don't have a lot of tech skills, but I don't need to because Anchor does a lot of the work for you. And as you know, many of you who know, I'm a career woman. I do this as a hobby on the side in my free time, and I love my kids and my family, and I don't want it to take more time than it needs to. (laughs) So thank you, Anchor, for that. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And so they also distribute it for you anywhere you hear podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the different ones. You can make money from it if you choose to with no minimum listenership, and it's got everything you need to make the podcast in one place. So I would encourage you to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My guest on today's podcast in our Faith and Work series on the second episode is Philip Trent III. We affectionately call him PT3 here at Echo Church where I've met him. He volunteers on our production team. He has a lot of skills that he offers to our church and we are very, very grateful. But as far as a job, Philip is a computer engineer at Apple. He went to University of Pennsylvania. He's originally actually from Nashville, but he moved to Philadelphia to go to college and then he landed up here in the Bay Area for work in 2018. He loves to hike and backpack and travel, but for those of us who know him well, when he is at home, he loves to host game nights and he loves to try out new cocktail recipes. He's a lot of fun. He grew up in a pastor's family, so he'll talk a little bit about that. And even though he grew up in Christianity, he had to embrace the Christian faith as his own. And in the process of that, just walking through what his career would be, he he just loves working on computers and he really feels God's pleasure when he works on computers. And it's it was just really cool when I had a chance to talk with him even before we recorded this podcast, just in the years or plus that I've known him, just uh, hearing his story about trying to figure out how he could bring his faith into a secular workspace, having grown up in a pastor's home. Um, a lot of the assumptions are that as a child of a pastor, you would end up going into that line of work too, if you really embrace the faith in the same, at the same level. And what I see in Philip is he does really care deeply about God and his faith, and it, it permeates all of his life. And it most importantly permeates his life in his career that God himself has given him for this purpose of uh, of allowing him to work at Apple and do all the things that bring him great joy and provide amazing technology that the world can use for all kinds of purposes. So welcome to the show, my friend, Philip Trent. Hi, Philip. Welcome to the World of Difference podcast. Thanks for being on today. Hey, Lori. Thanks for having me. Well, it's super exciting what we're going to talk about. And when I thought about people who um, are doing, at least in part of the conversation about faith and work, I know you and I have had some conversations about that. So I thought of you right away as somebody I wanted to have on the show just to kind of talk about what that journey has been like for you, where you're currently at in that journey. But first, I just want you to kind of introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and where you currently work. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Philip. I currently work at Apple uh, as a computer engineer there. Um, it's not the first stage of my journey, um, but it was definitely 
kind of the uh, is the culmination so far. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where my I'm currently at. And um, when people ask what I do for a living, I say I do my dream job. Um, so that's it. So awesome. I'm so glad you found your dream job. It's just really cool. And I know we've had conversations about that um, when we were in Texas a few weekends ago for a wedding. And I, I really loved how you talked about like you just feel like you were made for this. You just love doing it. And I love hearing people talk about um, their jobs in that way because it's it really does feel like this God-given potential that you have that you're, you're fulfilling right now. But I'd be curious to go back a little bit in time if you had a moment growing up at any point um, where you were and what that process looked like of you discovering you knew what you wanted to do. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I like I liked what you said about you. Um, I, I actually call it your bent so that we all have kind of this bent of I, I feel natural when I'm in, in this situation or I'm doing this thing. Um, and maybe for some people that's, that's some form of art or they find themselves in, in certain situations or conversations and they really get into the idea of flow. Um, and so me coming to my current position, I, I found that, um, yeah, it, it wasn't quite as direct as I'd like, um, but it never is, right? Yeah. Um, so, in high school, uh, I really wanted to be a chemical engineer. Um, I thought it was really, really great engineering. I wanted to build the future um, and also loved chemistry. So I was like, sure, let's put them together. And then uh, to make a few extra dollars one summer, I decided to uh, help out with IT at my high school and uh, worked with a lot of teachers, um, fixing relatively mundane problems. Um, and started working on computers, uh, started fixing them, taking them apart. And then one day I kind of looked up and, and thought, you know, I, I don't want to go a day without doing this. Like, this is what I, this is what I love. Like, I, I love the nuance. I love the complexity. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I kind of fell in love with technology um, and then realized looking back, I was like, this is, I want to keep doing this and really found what I wanted to learn I think in that it was like I I want to learn how this works um I kind of know how it breaks um but <laughs> I want to learn from from the ground up how does this this complex machine work um that I could see affecting everybody's lives and so yeah uh I went to college for that and um yeah I kind of found my niche along the way it's awesome and it really is such a difference when people do a job that they just bring so much passion to and so much curiosity, um, as opposed to doing something, you know, just to provide money and resources. It is, really does feel like a whole different thing. And so it is so exciting to see you at Apple doing what you love and that you could just do that for years and years if you get the chance. And, um, and yeah, I know that you are also a person of faith. And, um, and so that's how I met you was through our church and um and that you care very deeply about your faith it's very important to you and yet i know here in silicon valley that's not always an easy road to walk people have a variety of faith backgrounds at work some people have you know no faith at all and um and sometimes it could even be seen almost as taboo to even have those discussions so it can be quite difficult sometimes in the culture um and not everywhere is exactly the same but i just wanted to know are there any things that you have done just personally on like just the very private personal side of your faith 
um, that when you walk into Apple or other jobs you've had here in the Silicon Valley before, are there any things that just kind of go on inside of you privately, maybe spiritual disciplines that have helped you bring your faith to work just for yourself? Um, I'd love for you to share those. Yeah, so first, um, I I liked what you said about the struggle of, of faith with work, um, and especially here in Silicon Valley. I luckily was primed for that a little bit growing up. Uh, I was a pastor's kid, um, and I think it's kind of assumed when you're a pastor's kid that you will also be a pastor. <laughs> so <laughs> as we talked about a little bit earlier, like my, my bent was really towards this, this engineering. So um, even from the start, I was wrestling with how do I combine the idea of, of kind of bringing, not just bringing God into my work, but kind of working through my faith um, mm -hmm. and really taking the passion that I have for my work and fusing that with, with my faith. Um, so yeah, that's, it's been more difficult moving to the Bay Area. Um, I know a lot of times it's seen as you either get to be intellectual or you get to be religious. Um, so for, I guess for me, in the practical sense, in the everyday, how do I bring it there, is just through the lens of worship. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll take when I'm, I'm waiting on something to compile or let's say that I, I really get into flow working on this piece of code, um, kind of taking a step back, uh, like a lot of times people do right before they eat or uh, in other certain times, taking a step back and, and saying, this is yours too, kind of giving that up as a, um, I'm not defined by my work, uh, I'm defined by my faith and I work through that. Um, so it's, for me, it's, it's no, um, it's nothing too regimented as a, oh, I, I pray for this amount of time before every meeting um, or things like that. It's more of those little moments when I can tell uh, this is my, this is what I love uh, that I'll stop and say, thanks. Thanks for, for allowing me to love my work. Wow, that's so beautiful. And it really brings a lot of intentionality to what you do. Um, it kind of keeps it in perspective of who you really are. You're just one person on this planet, in this generation, in the year 2020, in this nation, in this city. Um, and when you bring God into those moments, um, it does really, it connects you to something so much greater than just you. And I'm sure, um, you know, even secular research would probably show us the value and and humbling yourself in that way, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like Apple, right? Um, just to know you're you're mm -hmm. part of this whole system, right? And there's something so much larger than you going on, and yet each person's contribution really does matter. Um. So I'd be interested to also know, um, you know, as you're having these moments at work and you're working on things, um, are there areas that you personally are trying to press into that you find difficult, and if so. Has there been anybody in your faith community that you rely on to kind of like, you know, talk through those things? Are, you're, you're part of the young professional community at our church, right? And so you ever talk yeah. to anybody who's also kind of having that same struggle of how to bring their faith to work? And if so, have there been moments where you've been able to kind of spur each other on? Yeah, well, first, I want to talk a little bit about the 
the importance of of bringing your personal life and especially things like your faith into work. Um, I was taking an inclusion and diversity training a couple of weeks ago that had just been revamped at Apple. And part of it was asking the questions of how much do you know about your coworkers? Mm-hmm. Um, and really the end, end goal there was for you to know enough about someone to really care about them mm-hmm. and to see past this current squabble or maybe this problem that we're both trying to solve in our own way and really see through to here's another person that I'm working with towards this goal. Um, so I think in general, it's an important part of, of bringing yourself to work, um, but also maybe one of the most difficult uh, because sure, you can introduce your your wife and kids or talk about some light hobbies, um, but kind of the heavier topics of things like work uh, and work in politics or work in, in faith, um, those are kind of the heavy hitters. Uh, yeah. So it does, it does get hard. Um, but yes, uh, luckily I have a wonderful group of people around me at Echo um, and specifically my Echo group. We meet every Monday and we discuss, um, actually it's grown in topics, but we usually discuss something around a book and specifically books around things like apologetics or discussing your faith or um, interreligion discussions and really trying to bring that out of the book and into our practical lives. Um, so even this last week, someone was sharing about one of their coworkers and a discussion they were having on the value of truth and how different religions play or even um, the current atheist, uh, all the different thoughts, the modern thoughts on truth uh, come into play there. So those are the kind of things that it's, there's no easy answer, right? There's no, there's no easy, this is the way to go about it. And this tactic always works with bringing a discussion to fruition or, or bringing something up in a way that ends positively, mm-hmm. which is very hard these days to uh, have a positive conversation about all of this, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, luckily I, I have that group um, where we kind of hash out the, the bigger questions uh, and especially the big questions as they intersect with the actual day-to-day life of work. I love it. I, I heard you talk about that diversity and inclusion training before, and I just was reminded once again, as you were saying it again, that like, it really is, it's so important for us to treat people like human beings. I think anything with, um, you know, the last four to five years, at least in the United States, so much of like even our interactions on social media have really just dehumanized people, put them in these boxes, especially political boxes. And then sometimes those political boxes get other things attached to them that may or may not actually be true. But we certainly have a lot of stereotypes we've been fed throughout the generations, but even now, and we have a lot of stereotypes still about what it means to be a person from each of the different religions, very likely. And, um, and so I, I, I love that at your workplace, they're really pressing into that diversity and inclusion conversation. I think it's so important. And as a person of faith myself, you know, we often get told like, never talk about your religion. That's just like the one hot topic, but that's one of my favorite things to talk about. I really love (laughs) talking about that. And, um, not just because it's a career choice for me, but even just in my regular relationships, like, I feel like I don't really know a person until I know where what they think spiritually, 
you know, if they believe in God at all, or if they, you know, believe in more than one God or, you know, whatever that looks like for them. I don't feel like I really know a person very well at all until I know that. And I've learned so much from people of other religions. Um, I, I know I'm fully passionate about what I believe. Um, and I've met people fully passionate about what they believe and they're totally not the same thing, but we can still be good friends and still keep having those conversations. And I, I love that even though that can feel really taboo in the Silicon Valley, that there are people who are trying to open up that human side of us, right? It's definitely part of who we are. It's a very important conversation. So as we talk about that, let's think about the person listening who is a person of faith and they are at their job, but they really kind of leave that faith for something they do on the weekends or maybe after work hours. Like they just don't allow their faith, even in their own minds, to interact with them at all at work. It's just a very compartmentalized, very, very separate thing, but they're wanting to change that. Um, and so I don't know, would you have any advice for like, what's a step one? for somebody who wants to be a person who brings their faith to work? Yeah, uh, well, first, the, um, the motivation, I think, is important. Um, for me, I actually find that when I, I try to separate my relationship with God from my work, I actually start to lose some of the passion that I have for the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I start, it starts seeing, seeming rather bland. Um, mm-hmm and has something more of a a nihilist shade. Um, So first I wanna give the motivation of there's a better way to work uh, and you can be more fulfilled in your work, even if the work doesn't feel spiritual or doesn't feel like something that's furthering the kingdom of God or um, anything like that, it can still be more fulfilling. Um, So first some motivation uh, and then I guess after that, I would, well, it's, it's what works for me is the little moments. Um, just trying to take a moment every now and then uh, just to take a step back and say, let me do this well and let me do this well for God. And really just saying even like, thank you for this work. Because um, really it is a gift that we can we can be capable of doing the things that we're, we're doing. Um, even some things that seem meaning, menial could yeah. be something that someone else would never dream of being able to do. Um, so your particular ability, that, that ability is really special. Um, so if for nothing else, just a quick thank you for, for the ability. Yeah, I love it because it really is something so much of the you know gifting we get is not our own choice. We can choose knowledge, right? We can use what yeah. knowledge to gain. We can choose certain things like where we go to college or whether we go to college or what kind of trade we learn. But some things, you know, really just were given to us. And it is just that posture of gratitude is such an, an act of worship in itself, recognizing it's not all something you can do, right? And yet there's an aspect of obedience that usually can follow a heart of gratitude in a different way. So I love how you worded that. What would you think that your your job would look like for you if you didn't bring your faith to work? What what would you what kind of worker would you think you would be? <laughs> you oh. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I I know that person. Um, 
because we all have some bad times, right? Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> and what's what's funny is it's not normally the times that are that are actually bad. And by bad, I mean the times that are hard or where I'm getting way too much work or yeah. where the work is super challenging. That's not where I have trouble. Okay. It's when I start telling myself the lie that I can do it on my own. Mm. That's when I start having a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. um, and <laughs> it's it's not necessarily trouble with my ability to execute my work. Um, it's really that idea of waking up in the morning and most days I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm ready to do my, my job. I'm like, all right, what's the first thing? Let's go, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but when I, start, um, when I start pretending that I can do it all on my own um, and I try to separate out my, relation, my faith from my work, then I start waking up and saying like, why? Why mm -hmm. should I be doing this work? Um, yeah. at the end of the day, what, what good is it? And really you can, I think you can take some meaning, menial jobs and you can extrapolate them into some grandiose meaning and you can take some really meaningful jobs and you can really break them down into, oh, it's just nothing and it's worthless. So our ability to, to sway the perspective of whatever work we have is, is really strong. And I find that when I start kind of sieving out my my work from my faith, then I end up going towards that negative direction of I why am I doing this? What's the point? What's the motivation? Like, why should I be doing my work at all? That's really good. I, I think you're so right. No matter what our job is, we can have that tendency. So it's always good to take those moments where we've not been our best selves, which I think 2020 has kind of been maybe a year of that for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a lot of ways, me included. Um, and just to, you know, every day is a new day. You know, we as followers of Jesus have the scripture that talks about how God's mercies are new every morning. So there's always a chance to start again and to be different and make a choice to bring our full selves to work the following day. Um, and to let that spiritual side of us just be there because that's part of who we are. So I, yeah. I would love for you to talk about any resources that have been helpful for you in your spiritual journey. If you have anything that relates to faith and work that might be helpful for our listeners, but whether it's books or people that you follow, music, movies, anything that you find helpful on to, to kind of make you who you are as a person of faith. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so they are books uh, and they're both spiritual. Um, and actually both of them came from my, my echo group. Um, but we've read quite a few and these are two outstanding ones. Um, the first book is Tactics by Kokul. And really the, the part of that that I, I loved and stuck with me was this idea of being curious about the other person's point and really understanding what they're saying, understanding someone else. Um, so really like going in with uh, a posture of curio curiosity into, into your interactions. Um, and as you were saying earlier in all of our, our workplaces, sometimes the, the conversations can get heated and can become really negative. But I think if you, you enter the conversation really trying to learn about the other person and know them better, uh, that the outcome is, is always more positive. Um, so that's, that's the first one. I love it. It's good. Yeah, the second one is Mere Christianity, uh, and which is by C.S. Lewis. Um, 
And that one's really because of the, the points that were made there, I thought were all put very well. Um, it's kind of the more apologetics bent, um, but I think it really helps with, uh, especially people of Christian faith, to give kind of an, an underlying base of, I can go into these conversations and I don't, I don't need to weasel around a point. Like I can, I can be firm in, in these points and that they're sound in logic uh, without kind of being afraid of entering into some of those more vulnerable conversations. Yeah, that was a classic, such a good one. I totally agree. Yeah. I'm gonna reread it. I should probably reread it every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Awesome. Yes, good resources to recommend. And um, yeah, I, I also just want to like uh, ask you if you have anything you would find helpful, maybe a word of encouragement for that person listening who they're just really hesitant to have any conversations at work about spiritual things. Maybe they're, you know, they're Christian, they're Buddhist, Hindu, agnostic. They just are hesitant to even talk about at all kind of where they are on that, you know, the whole conversation. Why do you think it's important for people to, to talk about that um, at work or with coworkers? Um, and do you have any word of encouragement for why you would do that? Yeah, sure. So first I wanna say it's hard. Yeah. So it's not an easy thing. Uh, and it's, it's very, it makes you very vulnerable and it feels really scary. Um, but I would say if you need a, a kind of a confidence booster to just think about it as another thing about you that you would like to share with your coworkers, um, or maybe a, a way that you can connect with them that's different from talking about a shared hobby or talking about um, talking about your kids. So you get more information, they get more information about you, you get more information about them, and it really doesn't need to be a kind of a knockdown drag out thing. It, it could just be maybe sliding something into a conversation every now and then to see if if they pick up on it or see if they want to engage with uh, with that because it is also a sensitive topic for others. So kind of navigating that space is tough, um, but I would say it's very much worthwhile because you really get a deeper connection with coworkers and you, you get to understand them more. And maybe even you get to understand an entire, entire people group or a little bit more about an entire religion that helps you see both the people group and the religion in a different and more and better light or even helps you see your own faith in a little bit of a different way. That's so true. I resonate with all of that um, because I've certainly learned so much about world religions by the people themselves who practice them. It's, um, it's caused me to break down a lot of stereotypes in just so many different conversations. And I've also learned more about what I believe when I've had to kind of work through explaining it to somebody that it may not sound exactly right so it's caused me to kind of go back and really study it and learn it and figure out what it all really means and mm -hmm. i think perspectives just like that book you're talking about perspectives um are so important and even when it comes to just christianity like the global church has taught me so much we can all read the same scriptures in different languages in different parts of the globe and have and see things very differently and i've i've just learned so so much through that um, I've learned a lot about 
Jesus and who he was and having conversations with Muslim friends who also um, recognized Jesus, you know, as a prophet, but seeing him through their eyes and their perspective has caused me to go back and read the scriptures again and try to see it in, in you know, in a way that um, informs from their perspective, maybe what was controversial about him and their point of view. And it just enriches us. Like, it's just, even though it's hard and scary, I totally agree with you. It's mm. so, so worth it. I personally have benefited from all those conversations. And I hope that people listening are, that's the takeaway is that even if it's scary, even if it's hard, that it's worth it for ourselves and for others. Cause it, it really is. You find this kind of common humanity that we all share. We can feel and think and believe very different things about now and the afterlife. Um, but something about those conversations just kind of brings this common humanity in if we allow it, we allow it. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Well, Philip, thank you so much for your time. We are so blessed that you are at Apple saving the world all the time with all of your skills. <laughs> Giving us the oh, gosh. that I'm recording on and the Apple phone that I'm recording on. Like the company has really changed, made a huge difference in the world. So thank you for all that you do, for bringing your full self to work, for being a person of faith, for encouraging us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. This has been great. Great. Well, I'll see you soon, Philip. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Philip is just a really great guy for those of us who know him in real life or as my teenagers would call IRL. And they're probably cringing at the fact that I just spelled out those letters instead of saying them all together in words. Um, Philip in real life is just is such a great guy. He has such a big heart. He's so smart. He just he really cares about all of his friends and his coworkers, And I, I know you probably could just sense that in the interview. He, he really does love the job that he has at Apple and he puts a hundred percent effort into that. And at the same time, he's not just about tech things and computers and he cares about people too. And, and he, he wants to be blessed to be a blessing to those around him. And, um, and as he does that, it's just, it's inspiring to me to think about him every day working at Apple and, um, and not just caring about making technology for the world, which we all appreciate. And I'm recording this on an Apple iPhone and I use a MacBook and we're kind of an Apple family and we totally appreciate the hard work that's put into the technology, but he not only helps work on technology that allows us to do meaningful work around the world and and uh, have meaningful conversations with our friends and family over or FaceTime or whatever it is that we're doing. But he, he also cares about people and in real life and, um, and cares deeply about how to make sure that he's having really purposeful conversations that are, that matter, that are more than just about uh, the here and now, but are about our future and, and the purpose that we have on this earth and who we're becoming. And so I just love how he integrates his faith into his work, that he doesn't separate that. You know, we see him on Sundays helping us in production at Echo Church in our Sunnyvale campus. But we also know that throughout the week at Apple, he's putting just as much heart and soul into his work that he as he does on, on the weekends with us. And he's he's also very involved in our young professional community. He's just a really great addition to our community, our faith community here. So uh, I hope that you got a lot out of that. And 
we have another guest next week, and she's my good friend Eva in Singapore. She has been living there for several years. She's from the U.S., but um, she's a chemical engineer, and she's working on all kinds of really important things. Some of them we she probably can't even tell us about <laughs> related to COVID, um, but she'll be our guest next week. You do not want to miss that. She's just an absolute joy and delight and so smart and, um, and also cares very deeply about her work and feels very called to the job that she has, and we, we love her. She's really like a part of our family. Also, speaking of COVID, it's, it's getting crazy. I know that a lot of you are listening from places where the cases are rising. And I know here in California, in the Bay Area and Santa Clara County in particular, we've gone to the purple tier. And now we're getting news that potentially it could be more of a shelter in place here in California going forward. And our cases are doubling. And I just want to say, everybody hang on and be safe. And we're praying for all of us, praying for those scientists like Eva who are out there working on awesome potential things that will help us get through this. And in the meantime, I hope that this this podcast can be somewhat of a, an encouragement to you that you can still make a difference even during this really crazy time. And um, if there are any suggestions you have for the podcast, I'd love to hear them. I know a lot of us are dealing with loneliness in different places um, because of having to be more restrictive or, or even shelter in place. In a lot of situations as we're heading into the colder months in the northern hemisphere of this planet. So I would love to hear any suggestions you have on different series you would like to hear about or even guests you would like to hear interviewed on here. As we continue on in this faith and work series, I'd also be interested to know if you have any particular individuals that are in the faith and work space um, as we're starting to, to close out our series pretty soon. Um, but if you have particular individuals you would love to hear on this podcast in the Faith and Work series or in other series that you'd like to suggest, I'd love to hear about it. We're on Instagram at a world of dot difference, and there's also a Facebook page, A World of Difference, and um, you can also just yeah reach out to us through those means to let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast. So in the meantime, stay safe and healthy, everyone. And I hope you're enjoying this Advent season of December that is just beginning. I would love to pray for you if you have any prayer requests. So if you do, reach out for, through Instagram on our page or on our Facebook page and let me know if there's any ways I can be praying for you during this season. It's, it's not easy. So hang in there, everybody. And ho I hope that you find ways, especially during this very difficult season to make a difference in the lives of the people and the family members around you, whether it's through digital means and connecting over Zoom or phone calls, or you get a chance to serve in person. I'm really inspired by all the people here through Echo Compassion that I'm involved with. You're making meals for the homeless, finding blankets for them during this cold season, and still reaching out in person in, in whatever ways that we can. And, um, and there just, there's just so many things I'm sure right in front of each of you listening that are ways that you can make a difference. So I'm praying for each of you as you hear this podcast and especially in the series through your work that you find ways to express your faith and you find ways to, um, even if you don't have a faith to just make a difference in the lives of those who are just right in front of you, right around you in your city and your family and in your neighborhood. And as we've, a lot of us lit our first Advent candle of the Advent season, which represents hope. I hope that you are finding hope in this season. There's a lot to be hopeful about. Vaccines on the horizon, yes, but just hope in general, hope that, that God has, has provided for us. And this is a great reminder in this time of year to remember that there is hope 
for all of us, both now and in eternity. If you have any questions about that, reach out to me over Instagram or Facebook. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, everyone, and I hope you're making a difference in the lives of all those around you.